200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Hey, Jim. Um, I'm sure you're aware I am the graduate of several citizens' police academies. I have never been sworn as a law enforcement officer, but I've taken it upon myself to, at every opportunity, participate in all kinds of training. Because sure. it's, first off, it's a lot of fun, and it's very, very interesting to get to know what law enforcement officers are, are trained to do or what they're going to be doing. Um, and many police uh, agencies across the country um, are holding these citizens police academies with the intention of connecting with communities uh, and helping to increase understanding among people who won't necessarily, you know, they, you don't fall out of the womb knowing what police policy is. Right. You don't fall out of the womb knowing what constitutional law is right. or Supreme Court cases. So these are very, very helpful. Um the, the thing of it is, is that if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. Yes. And there have been cases that I've heard about where there's some misinformation. It's not put together in a way that's conducive to actual learning. It's more about just kind of, here's what's going on. Um, you know, and, and kind of, it, it's not presented in a way that's good for adult learners. Okay. Right. Uh, so the questions then come to mind, because I've attended three really, really good ones. You know, what goes into creating the program? What components are you going to have? Who's going to teach it? Who's going to run the operation? Uh, you know, some of these things. And I have some thoughts that I'm going to get yours first, and I want to kind of throw a couple of things in from my personal experience of what I've seen to be best practices in terms of being the student in the room and learning from law enforcement officers. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. They, they are a huge benefit. I believe every agency should have some form of communication with the community, whether it be through a citizen's academy, through a community policing effort, through a, uh, right now I'm on a, in my town, about 30 miles south of San Francisco, I'm in my town's community building academy. And that's a, it's a cohort that allows uh, people from all, areas of your city to come and see the inner workings of the city government. There's a segment on police, fire, public health, libraries, parks, um, Department of Public Works, all of it. And it's so beneficial. Number one, I think it creates a sense of advocacy or stewardship in mm -hmm. your community. But I think the biggest advantage for law enforcement agencies is it's your chance to put your stamp on what you want to tell your community. You can undo urban myths. Mm -hmm. You can demystify policing. You can talk. When you say, you know, what's the most important? I think helping the community understand the constraints of use of force and the guidelines, uh, when I talk to my students uh, at university about the use of force guidelines, it, it you could see the light bulb go off over their head mm -hmm. that, 
oh, you know, the, the media portrayal is that this is excessive force or something else should have been done uh, when, in fact, they learn uh, about the Constitution and the constraints of the Constitution on policing and use of force and arrests and um, the limits of, of policing. I think those are all uh, advantageous for law enforcement to communicate to the community. Um, I've had the opportunity to teach at a Citizens Academy. I've uh, run community advisory boards uh, through various district stations that I worked at. Uh, I was part of a crime prevention nonprofit and each time experienced different perspectives from people and what they thought of policing. And, and I was surprised a couple of weeks ago in, in this cohort that I'm in when I actually heard someone from my cohort say, well, why didn't the police shoot this guy with a BB gun? Well, that was a first. Yeah. I had never heard that one. It's not, it's not department issued equipment for one nah, thing. Yeah, not, or, yeah, or, or a paintball gun or, uh, I mean, there's some, some wild ideas out there and it's just from not knowing. And I think part of the problem that you talked about mm -hmm. is not being adequately prepared to have these well thought out segments to teach to these uh, individuals in a sense of uh, crawl, walk, run before you give them the, the flying, here's a use of force scenario, act on it. Um, I think it's, it's important to establish uh, department policy, state statutes, constitutional statutes, Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court statutes, and uh, help the citizen understand from the, the ground up on what it means to use force. Um, one of the experiences I had was um, when the instructor uh, started his talk about use of force, he was completely derailed by um, these people from my audience. And I think in part was because he didn't, um, he didn't really know his audience. He didn't gauge his audience accurately. He didn't read the room. I, he did not read the room. I think he was thinking these are all police advocates. These are all community citizens, academy type people. When in fact that wasn't the case, and it, it became apparent after probably the third or fourth question, some of them very adversarial. Well, I, I really enjoyed the fact that a few minutes later or several minutes later, when we got in the use of force simulator, things became apparent to some people who asked why police didn't tackle armed suspects or shoot them with BB guns. I think it became clear and apparent to them on these shoot, don't shoot scenarios that there are other things to consider. And at some point you will have to consider use of force on, on other individuals. Yeah. Um, I have attended again, as I said, three of these I've done twice in San Francisco uh, and once with the FBI. And in every case there were, if there are 30 people in the room, there were three who were clearly although curious to learn. And, and for that, I, I, I applaud them completely. But they were definitely coming in with an anti-police kind of mindset to begin with. Mm. Now, thank, I'm golf clap here. Thank you for coming to the, to the program because you did learn. Uh, and you had a, an open mind to hear what you considered to be the other side in finger quotes mm -hmm. now. Um, 
But to your point, oftentimes when it's a citizen's police academy, you have, you know, we talked a week or two ago about the people who are going to get involved in helping an officer, you know, when they're in trouble, like pull them from a car or helping them out in a tactical situation. You have kind of a, a set, a type of folk who are going to come. Sure. They're generally speaking, as you'd said, police advocates. But they are also, if you give them the information that you to give them greater sense of understanding, you can make those, you amplify their advocacy by tenfold because now they actually know stuff. They're not just, hey, we like the police. Now we understand Graham versus Connor. Now we understand what a Terry stop is, Tennessee versus Garner. We understand Miranda. We understand what all of these things mean, how they plug into policy, how they plug into procedure. And you've gone through the use of force simulator. Um, it's, it's, I've had the good fortune of having three really good experiences at, at, at Citizens Academy. Really well thought out, well put together. One of the things that I can say, in my opinion, is one of the reasons why they were so good is they were taught by actual police instructors, sure. not by some random command staff who's trying to put out you know, the party line. Because right. as soon as you have that person come into the room, all everyone's... Um, let's see, uh, open-mindedness kind of gets sucked out of the room. Mm-hmm. You want someone who really teaches this stuff on a day-to-day basis. So when I got into the driving simulator, that was the EVOC instructor. You know, when I went to the firearms range with the FBI, that was the firearms instructor. You know, and so you know, I've had the good fortune of having training from these types of instructors outside of an academy, many, many, many hundreds of hours. Sure. But, I, but as I'm sitting, I'm, I'm there just to watch the citizens. Really, and I see what happens when kind of, that light bulb goes off, and they're like, "Oh, like the what you described when they go, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. <laughs> right. Like this is way harder to do.' Right. So you see that light bulb moment, and you go, "Aha! Now we have another advocate to talk to other people out there, friends, family. We talked about Thanksgiving. Have a conversation around the table with people who you have a different uh, opinion. Sure, and." You know, bring that knowledge if you're a citizen listening to this. Bring the knowledge that you gain from going to a citizen's academy, as long as it's well done, and share that, right? Yeah, yeah. and if you are the individual in charge of uh, taking applications or uh, putting people into the citizen academy or bringing them in for a show and tell, that you don't just handpick the FOPs, the friends of police, that you do need the perspective of the uh, not so police friendlies to get their perspective and set them straight. Um, I wish every police commissioner, every DA, every internal affairs investigator, sworn in civilian, um, that every uh, critic of the police media send them into those simulators, let them see what it feels like. Even in those artificial simulations, I've heard people say countless times that their heart started pumping, they got so nervous, they didn't know what to do, they're afraid of being embarrassed by their peers, and these aren't real guns, yeah, they're you, not real you, criminals. You know you're not going to get hurt in this thing. No, but Still, I mean, yeah, but you get your, your heart rate up. Right, so the artificiality of it, if that's a word, <laughs> is is good to a sense where it exposes them to uh, a certain level of that uh, physical anxiety. Yeah. 
it's still, you know, when people say, well, why don't you shoot the gun out of his hand from 15 feet, 20 feet away? I say, take him out to a range, let him shoot a paper target that's not moving and not shooting back and let him see him shoot a part of the target they intend to shoot and then throw him in the simulator. And still it doesn't get to the level of really dealing with armed encounters where your heart's pumping out of your chest and you are trying to handle somebody who's moving and aggressive towards you and wants to do you harm. Yep, tunnel vision, auditory exclusion, all of the tachypsychia, the the slowing up or speeding down of time, all of those things are really not present in the simulator. They're present in the real world. And they're real. And they're real. Um, Yes, it is an investment. It is something that you have to spend money and time on. You have to have human resources. You have to have physical resources. You have to have financial resources. But... They that that investment I I believe pays off, and it can pay off again if you do it correctly. Uh, what are you doing at your agency in terms of helping to educate your constituency, your jurisdiction, your community? Send us an email to policing matters at police one dot com. That's policing matters at police one dot com. Thank you again for listening.